0: Welcome to the TWS Sports Podcast.
1: There's no heroes in test cricket, son. Retire hurt. Paul going he kept saying, do you need any shampoo, any
0: conditioner? My car stunk for about a week and I couldn't get rid of the smell.
1: But it turned out that the Decanter Report had been donated to the owner of the hotel by Nelson Mandela upon his release of Robben Island and someone had nicked it.
0: Hello, my name is Simon Lazenby and I'm a presenter on Sky Sports. You may have seen me present sports such as the F1, international rugby, England cricket and golf from around the world. However, I wanted to come and give you some information about the TWS Sports Podcast. The TWS Sports Podcast is the only podcast in the UK which is hosted by autistic students who interview some of the biggest names in sport. Each week, they speak to a
2: different sports person and delve deep into their lives Talking about the highs and the lows of their career and what makes them a top athlete in their sport. The TWS Sports Podcast
0: were voted the best sports podcast in the world that promotes social equality. They picked up that honor at the 2021 Sports Podcast Awards. So if you're a sports fan and want to hear these great stories with questions from some amazing young people who promote autism, then the TWS Sports Podcast is the podcast for you.
1: Tenderwood School is a school for autistic children and young adults, and we have set this podcast up to provide our pupils with a fantastic opportunity to develop a range of skills whilst interviewing top sportsmen and women from a variety of different sports. Joining us today on the TWS Sports Podcast is a WWE legend. He was in the WWE for over 30 years and is best known for being a WWE referee. Welcome to the podcast, Mike Chioda.
0: Thank you, Thomas. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you very much for having me on the show.
1: You were also involved in the match between so-called Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels. Mike Tyson was involved in this as well. What are your memories of that and working with Mike Tyson?
0: Yeah, it was always great. Um, I remember walking into uh, getting the phone call doing that match and um i'm like wow like you know Shawn michaels and stone cold steve austin and in and this mecca arena and it's called the boston garden which was like you know mecca for the boston celtics playing all the great championships over the years and just um it was just a mecca it's almost like the boston garden in boston is almost like uh the madison square garden in new york city you know it's just a mecca arena it's just well known it goes back many years a lot of history sports and wrestling and so on and hockey uh so when i got the call for that i'm thinking oh my lord i'm i'm getting a chance to do you know stone cold and Shawn michaels this is great at wrestlemania and work with mike tyson so and i remember going in rehearsals like a couple nights before the show it was a friday night or saturday the day before wrestlemania and we had rehearsals and i remember mike tyson walking in I couldn't wait to meet mike tyson you know you know i was a big fan of mike tyson in boxing and i was like hey mike how you doing i'm mike Kyoto. he's like hey i know you man what's up mike Kyoto? how are you man he's like yo you're my favorite referee and all that." i'm like like you know me you know me i'm like <laughs> i'm like i'm a big fan of yours he's like man you're a big fan of mine i love i love you as a ref man he was like you're my one of my favorite refs and i'm thinking holy shit mike tyson knows me excuse my language but I'm like, he knows me. I'm like, oh my lord! Like, he knew my name off the bat, you know. And it was just like, holy crap! So it was just fun working, being there, and working with Mike Tyson and Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold. It was just, uh, it was you know, it held like twenty thousand people. It wasn't a big stadium. It's just in a small arena, but it was just phenomenal to work with these two icons and. Stone Cold, Steve Austin, actually three icons, you know, Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels, and Mike Tyson. So it was it was just a great to be a part of that and being the third man in the ring for that match, yeah. I didn't teach him how to count that fast, though. I was teaching him <laughs> how to count kind of slower, but when he threw in the ring, he went, one, two, three. And I was like, ooh. Was like, <laughs> but it all worked out
3: wrestling in the nineties and attitude era was probably the best period for WWE. Do you think it'll ever go back to how it was then? And what was was your standout moment from the attitude era?
0: I don't know if they'll go back to the attitude errors, what they used to do a lot of times, because there was a lot of stuff. It was just, uh, that maybe shouldn't be seen on, on the telly and, you know, on, on TV stuff. And, um, it was a little crazy but crazy does sell sometimes on tv i I always say um but i love the attitude era i mean the attitude era is really what god has said we had so much talent back then i mean between stone cold and the undertaker and the rock and all these and we had incredible talent triple h and Shawn michaels and you know the road dog and and uh, Billy Gunn in China and all that back in the day. It was just um so much that was so much fun too. It was really so much fun in the attitude era. Uh the standout moment coming off the attitude era, I'd have to say, was um, you know, working with The Undertaker, Bret the Hitman Hart, and so much other talent that I got to work. Those those were my days because there was so much incredible talent. In, the, in those years between the attitude era between 90 something and 2000 early 2000
3: so china is in the country or the breakable stuff
0: no uh, <laughs> china the uh the woman wrestler from back in the day did you ever see china um,
2: or did for yeah, you ever, see
0: china no comment yeah she <laughs> she's a wrestler um let's see uh well I have a picture of China if you want to see, but she's kind of on a Playboy magazine, but she is fully closed. You want me to show you?
3: Um, Maybe later.
0: Okay. okay. Google
2: her, Alyssa. She was a very good yeah,
0: female wrestler. Very good. One of the first female wrestlers to really make it on top. And she used to throw the men around like you wouldn't believe. She was very strong. And she was a very good person. She's passed away now, but God bless her. And um, she uh, she was a very sweet woman she really was and in very good shape and she was in better shape than most of the men <laughs>
3: you were involved in some scary moments too in in the ring one of them w- would be undertaker versus goldberg is i hope goldberg <laughs> okay yes. goldberg yes can you t- can you talk us through that match and how did you manage those difficult situations in the ring
0: well that's on them um the only thing i could do is relay messages and and talk to him and uh it was a very it was frustrating it was a lot of um we were very tired we came into uh Saudi Arabia at that time um a long travel day I remember everybody was so tired there was most of the wrestlers were sleeping in the locker rooms on the floor because the jet lag it was kicking in on everybody and our match went on literally almost at midnight our match literally was almost midnight before we went on and I remember when Goldberg hit that post in the beginning of the match, Um, he cut his head wide open on a top and he just got, and he got worse. And I asked him, are you okay? Are you okay? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. And, and but then a concussion really kicked in and he got really concussed and uh, he lost a lot of blood and, you know, thank God they got through that match. Um, that was all the experience on Undertaker and, you know, both of the guys almost got hurt badly in the ring because when one guy's hurt and can't perform and he's trying to lift up another wrestler, he can seriously hurt the other wrestler as much as himself too, as well. So it's a very serious serious situation, but we got through that match and they're both professionals and they got through it. So um it was a very difficult night though.
3: Having a screw loose must be a job requirement for wrestlers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: That's very. That's a very good uh analogy. I like that one. I'm gonna have to pass that on. I like that one, Alyssa. That was a good one, and you're you're all right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was good. We just wanted to stop
1: for a minute and play a quick fire game with you. Is that okay? I'm sorry. Uh, we just wanted to stop for a minute and play a quick fire game with you, if that's okay. Okay. Um, all the answers are people from the WWE. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Who would be the first person to buy a round
0: of drinks at the bar? John Cena. Ooh. And all your would- drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Who
1: would you want to be stuck on a desert island with and why?
0: Probably, uh, on a desert, probably Tory Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) Who would you want
1: to back you up if you got into a real fight? I'd say R-Truth. Whose WWE personality is the complete opposite to their real personality?
0: I'd say The Undertaker. Yeah, because he always had to be in character when he went on stage, but completely different character and person in the back. Yes. Great guy.
1: Who would you want as a WWE tag team partner? Um, Shane McMahon. Who would you not want to annoy?
0: All of them. No, but... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you don't want to you probably would you wouldn't want to annoy the Undertaker, that's for sure. But uh, I'd say I'd have to say the boss, the boss. You never want to annoy your boss, that's mm. for sure.
3: And um, but yeah, if you took off the Undertaker, you might decide to stick your soul in that urn of his.
0: That's right. <laughs> or I get put in a coffin.
3: Neither of those sound fun.
0: <laughs> if you could travel
1: the world with who, who would it be and why? I'd have to say my mom,
0: to be honest with you, because, you know, like um, as she got older, she couldn't travel as much. And, and you know, um, I've been to over like almost 50 different countries and a lot of countries over and over all throughout the United States and all throughout Canada. There was so much beautiful things to see in the world in so many different countries, you know, like the UK and uh, Ireland and Australia, Japan and South Africa and there are just so many countries that you can go to and just learn from and just uh it's always nice to see how other cultures live their lives and 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 do things and stuff. And you know, to me, you when know, you were growing up, you thought America was the only place in the world to be, but then when you started traveling, and seeing all these different beautiful countries and beautiful people around the world, it's something I think I wanted I always told my mom all the stories and showed her pictures, but I, it was always nice when I traveled with my mom to show her and all these really nice things too, but I really never got to travel. And I, I love it with my wife. You know, I've taken her to about 15 different countries, and I remember we went to Japan, and I stayed there for a week with her, and I had some friends in Japan, and been going to Japan since 1990, 1980-something, we had very good friends taking care. Of. We had such a great time. And she's been to Canada and Scotland and here and London and all these. And she loves London and loves all these other places. I take her to Japan. and She's crying when she's leaving because my friends were so good there, Sato and Masa. And I said, babe, are you okay? And she goes, yeah, I just had a very good time. It was just, you know. And I said, well, what, what's going on? And she goes, I, 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 God, I love those people. And Sato and Masa were so good, nice. And she's crying in tears. And I'm like, and then when I'm talking, I'm like, babe, you know, you've been to about 13 different, what's your favorite country you've been to so far? It's because Japan, Japan by (laughs) far. And I'm like, whoa. I'm like, okay, (laughs) hon. I'm like, so people that don't look like us don't even speak our language. That's your favorite country. I said, and Japan is a wonderful country. People, but yeah, so, but it's either my wife and my mom, you know.
1: Thank you for answering those questions. Sure. Uh, who is the best wrestler, in your opinion, to call a match? Who is the best wrestler to work with in the ring?
0: Uh, you know, I'll give you one of the best, but there's so many of them. There's so many of them. and I don't want to take it away from all the talent I've worked with in 35 years of my career. Um, Shawn Michaels was one of the best you know, Bret the Hitman Hard was another one of the best. Stone Cold The Rock. I mean, but Shawn Michaels is, was really a showstopper. Um, Brett the Hitman Hart, uh, it was just, it, it's really hard, and I really don't want to put one wrestler above the other, you know, and with all the Stone Cold in this and all the talent that I've worked with for three and a half decades of my career, um, I really never put one on the top, you know, so I, but, you know i I'd, I'd say it was it was great to work with Shawn Michaels for many years cuz i worked with him when he was with the rockers when he came in with Marty Jannetty in the very beginning and uh and just seeing him branch off from the tag team to become a singles wrestler and become a, a showstopper and a superstar and so forth so but there's there's many on the list to be honest with you
1: okay
3: you must have some great wrestling memorabilia what is your favorite bit of memorabilia
0: Uh, that Rockin' Hogan shirt right there. Uh, I do have some autograph, um, posters over here with Razor Ramon. The Undertaker signed a poster of me years ago. Uh, there's a a lot of guys. Um, I'd have to say though, uh, between The Undertaker and the Rockin' Hogan shirt. Yes. I would have to say that. Oh, and a Rey Mysterio too. I don't want to. Have a nice autograph picture of Ray Mysterio of me and him in Thailand. So in, in Bangkok, it was very nice. Okay.
3: Has there ever been a time where WWE has turned real and two guys really hated each other and took things too far?
0: Yes. Um, there was a lot of guys that hated each other. I want to say, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say where it went too far it was with uh Shawn Michaels and Brett Hart in 1997 and and i want to thank god i wasn't part of that match um and to put myself that had to put me in a, a certain position like they put earl headner in but um yeah there was just a lot of tension there with brett being around the company for 15 years at that point and he didn't like the, the way the company was going and then you know sean didn't want to do a lot of Business for him recently, so Brett didn't want to do it back for him, especially in Montreal, in his own country in Canada. And so, with him not being um, on the same page with Sean working with him, they kind of stripped him from the title. And that was the the old Montreal screw job there. And that's when, and that's kind of a legendary history thing that went down in wrestling. It was a very bad night. But it's unfortunately history. If hmm. two um, people
3: hate each other, do you think it's a good idea to stick him in the ring? I personally don't think so at all.
0: Yes, that's, uh, that's, that is, you're, you're absolutely right, Alyssa. Yeah. You, you just don't want to get in, but when business is business, you have to get in the ring because um, you're not going to get a paycheck or, you know, and I, I just think, um, you know, I, you, you kind of wish everybody would just get along and everybody be nice to everybody. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen sometimes either,
3: You'd think the higher-ups would know if you stick two people in the ring that actually hate each other end bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I always say, Alyssa, you know, if you stick, like, 50 men in one room, we're all not going to get along. If you stick 50 women in one room, they're all not going to get along either. So it's kind of hard because... You're always going to have different egos and different personalities and different whatever. So, and, um,
2: Alyssa, I'd like to say you and Triple H could do a good job at the moment running WWE, I think. What
3: do <laughs> yeah. you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> I would last three days.
0: <laughs> yes, you would. That fire, with your fire, yeah, you would.
3: I'd be too worried about them, about the wrestlers seriously hurting each other, hurting themselves, <laughs> but still wanting to continue. I'd be like,
2: ah! <laughs> we've got a few more questions, Mike, if that's okay. Sure.
0: Yeah, that's fine. Good. Keep going. That's fine. Go on, Tom.
1: In 2001, on an episode of SmackDown, you were involved in a match with the Rock and Chris Jericho. You yeah. delivered the people's elbow and won the match.
0: What was that like for you? Oof. Just, I was hoping I wasn't going to screw it up. You know, <laughs> like, imagine on national TV, on live show, and I'm running, say if I tripped and fell or looked stupid. Oh, my Lord. I was so nervous. Because I remember walking into the um, arena that morning, and they said, hey, Kyoto, you got to <laughs> wrestle tonight. I said, wrestle? I'm like, wrestle who? What do you mean? What? They're like, oh, you're going to wrestle tonight. I'm like, I don't even have wrestling gear. Oh, you don't need your wrestling gear. You're just going to be in your referee gear. <laughs> I'm like, what am I? Who am I wrestling What's going on? And the writers are all laughing and talking to me about it. And it's like, oh, it's going to be you and The Rock and Jericho. I'm like, woo, awesome team. I'm like, yeah. Oh, against the Dudleys and Nick Patrick. I'm like, what? I'm like, are you serious? Are you ribbing me? Is this a joke? You know, like, no, no, you're. You're gonna wrestle tonight. You're gonna you're gonna get in there, and man, I had so much fun, so much fun with it. Um, and you know, just of course, you're just hoping you don't screw things up and you you make it look good on TV. And and it was it would, it looked great. Everything went great. I always appreciate Nick Nick Patrick doing the job for me. You know, I beat him, covered him well, actually the rock. But um, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. And you know, I can honestly say. Um, and in, in all the years I've watched wrestling, I've never seen another referee in the position I was 22 years ago. It was, it was awesome to be put in that position and to give me the opportunity to have fun because I've never seen it happen again. I've never seen it before, and I've never seen it even after we did that in 2001. So it was a great opportunity to work with the great Chris Jericho and The Rock. I mean, look at... Those guys are still going. Chris Jericho's still doing his thing. He's another icon and a legend. And and you got The Rock still doing his thing. So I mean, it was just uh, it was just great to be the third man out there doing doing the thing out there with The Rock and Jericho and them guys. So had a phenomenal time.
2: Can I just ask, Mike? um, You mentioned the about kind of not knowing what was going to happen, not knowing you were wrestling. Has there ever been a time in your career when you were were referee that? you didn't know something was happening. I'm thinking, in my mind, when Mankind was thrown off the cell by Ben Staker, apparently not many people knew that was happening. Has anything ever happened in the ring that has completely shock- shook you and you didn't know was happening?
0: Um, yeah, there, there's many things that you you don't know what's going to happen, especially with injuries, you know. Um, you didn't know. There was a lot of times when, you know, like I remember when Draz got paralyzed and years ago and... There's just um, things happen and it's, it becomes a shock. There's, there's things when spots, when there's matches that are called out and they go over each other's spots and what to do. It's not always, it doesn't go always planned like that. You know, there's always, uh, we call them uh, audibles and just, you know, you do something else or there's uh, so many situations where, they do keep you out of the loop as a referee sometimes. So they, they don't always tell everybody because they, you know, we used to use the word kayfabe. So kayfabe used to be a very, you know, you kayfabe everybody. You didn't tell this one, but there are things that they, they just didn't tell the referee or didn't tell this one or didn't tell that one or didn't tell anybody until it actually happens. Cause they wanted it to be a secret. So, you know, and they, because sometimes when you would tell too too many people, found out what what they were doing or how they were doing it, then the word would get out slowly. And especially with these days with the internet and social media, they're really scared to tell people anything, so they keep everything on the down low on a lot of certain things. That's hmm. for sure. Especially with the internet with these days.
3: What was it like hang, to hang out with those guys across the country? away from the away from the ring who were you closest to
0: um over the years um uh, was close to a lot of wrestlers a lot of them unfortunately passed um i was close with test i was close with shane back then um uh, test uh was a very good great guy he was a great wrestler um he, you manga. he was uh he was another wrestler on the Samoan family and the Rikishi family and all that. Um and The Rock hanging out with him over the years in Japan and Undertaker and so many, it was just uh you become, you know, like very good friends with a lot of guys. Unfortunately some guys are there for many years and fortunately some guys they leave or some guys have passed away. Um but Ray Mysterio was one of my great friends and so forth and there's a lot of good guys that are still I call my brother.
2: What a great storyline. Well, recently, I think it was last year with with Ray and Dominic Mysterio.
0: Yeah, that's great, isn't it? I mean, Dominic, I'm, I'm actually going to uh, Dominic's wedding here on coming up on March 6th. Dominic's getting married in uh, San Diego. so. You see, he
2: must be Tennessee one of the, right. the previous question about whose personality is, is different. Obviously, Dominic's hated in the WWE, isn't he, with mm-hmm. his character. He comes out, he right. talks. All the fans boo him and, and are really horrible to him. But then off-camera yeah. on social media, he seems like the loveliest guy and the, the nicest different, possible guy you can meet.
0: Different person. He's absolutely a lovely guy. And he's a great person, Dom. I remember seeing Dom when he was just a little wee, little wee growing up as a little young kid. And um, to see him now where he's accomplished and how he grabs the business. And then, of course, of his mentor, his father, Ray Mysterio taught him so much. Everything from you know low on a totem pole to where he's at now. And I'm glad that WWE and um given him the opportunity because he's got some talent and he's really grabs the business in the last few years tremendously. And um I look look forward to him being a, a real big star someday. Real big star in the wrestling business.
1: Currently in WWE there is a big WrestleMania story line with Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, and The Rock. It was meant to be The Rock v- versus Roman Reigns, but last week it changed to Cody Rhodes vs. Ro- uh, Roman Reigns. What was that? No, sorry, was that the WWE's plan all along, or did they change it because the fans wanting
0: Cody to finish his story? No, I really I really think the WWE had that planned the whole time. Um, I think they had that planned. To me, you know, if they went off story, that'd be okay. Because when Cody, if you look at it now, in the last Royal Rumble, you know, I'm watching the Rumble and I'm sitting there and I'm watching CM Punk. I'm watching Cody Rhodes. I'm watching Andrade come out. And the two main top characters in in the WWE, CM Punk and Cody Rhodes, they were just at AEW, you know, a year or two. And I'm thinking, now they're here at WWE and their their main event in WWE, you know? And then, to me, um, a lot of the talent you have to go with the flow. Like When Cody came back to the WWE, I didn't think Triple H and, and the company was going to let him go right to the top, win the title off of Roman Reigns and comes in. and whoop to me, I figured Cody's got, then he got hurt when he came into the WWE. He was out for quite a while. To me, I, I didn't think the company was going to let him go right to the top that quick. He had to go through the talent like Brock Lesnar and this one and that one and that one to get to Roman Reigns, you're just not going to come right in from AEW and go, oh, you're beating Roman Reigns. I thought they were going to let that. I didn't think Cody was going to get the title, and he didn't. And I kept saying that on my podcast. I just don't think Cody's going to get the title. Well, this year, let me ask you a question, all you guys, Thomas, Alyssa, Adam. If The Rock faced off with Roman Reigns, I think the whole world would want to see that fight. Yeah, the whole world. I get, I get your story. I get Cody's story. I get his accomplishments. If it wasn't for Cody Rhodes, AEW wouldn't even be around. And you know how much talent he's given. He has given the opportunity to have another company go against the WWE to make money. There's so much. You know, WWE was the only business in town around the world for the longest time since WCW went out. You know, I know you got the TNA, you got your impact, you got this one, you got that one, but talking what Tony Khan has accomplished with Cody Rhodes was phenomenal. He gave the opportunity for a lot of talent to work in another, in another company like WCW almost. So, but I get the storylines But if they went with Rock and Roman, do you know how much impact people from England, Germany, China, Japan, I think everybody would be tuned into that match because Rock's such a Hollywood star now. You know, Rock's all over. He's just so well-known as a movie actor and a competitor and a wrestler. And look at the shape that Rock, Rock is in. I mean he's in better shape now than I think he was ever in his career. So um and I just think uh I think if Rock and Roman faced off at WrestleMania, I think the um the views and the and the um the money would be off the charts. I think it would be just history in the making. History in the making. Because it's going to be too predictable if Cody comes back, Cody's going to win a title. He's going to win the championship. You know, if they don't let Cody win and Roman Reigns prevails and keeps his streak going, then Cody's got to wait till next year. Well, then you should have had Rock and Roman at WrestleMania and just make Cody wait another year, you know, which I, I feel bad. I get it. The storyline stuff and A, it fits the story. The story, if you wait till next year, the story is going to go away and it's going to get lost in the shuffle. It's uh, People are not going to care about it as much. But I, I think the WWE doesn't let fans dictate what they do. Only at some things with social media. If this guy gets 5 million hits on this, they're, oh, okay, let's, this guy gets, he's great on social media. Well, Matt Cardona has been the fantastic one on social media for many years and sells himself, but they still haven't given him that push, right? I mean so uh I mean he's like the biggest on YouTube and biggest on social media, Matt Cardona, which I think that kid should come back and get a fair shot at some point. But um I don't think the WWE and the writers let the fans dictate what they do. They do what they want to do.
2: So then Mike, in your opinion, as a fan, where does that leave the rock? Do you think he comes back and has a match? Do you think he what what's the what's the plan with the rock, do you think?
0: man you know that that's a good question too because uh, you know i couldn't see rockface cm punk no he, i mean if he was healthy cm punk been there done that before uh has he wrestled this one yeah been there done that has he wrestled roman reigns yet no um i think that's if he does come back um yeah i don't i don't know if it if it's not if it's not a a Brock Lesnar or something else and you know I really don't you know I don't know I just uh, I think this is the year that maybe if, if Rock and Roman face off this has got to be the year right here so many negative things have been going on around lately I think um, and what he's establishing with TKO and the new company and everything Rock I think he could take the WWE to it I think it would be such a buzz at WrestleMania in Philadelphia to have rock and Roman right now and take all that negative energy and throw it out the door of what's been passed and let's move forward with the company. And this is going to, this is going to be the world news rock and Roman reigns, you know, and, and so forth. Um, and I, and I hate to leave Cody out at all. I really do. I really don't. I love Cody Rhodes. He's a great guy, fantastic person. And um he's always been good to me and I just I love him. He's a great guy too as well. But I think moving forward, what's what's really gonna get the world hit, the world on stage and watching WrestleMania, I mean the world. You know, I and if if somebody's not even a fan and seen and, and see these two going at it, all right, we know who the rock is. Oh my god, look at this Roman Reigns. Oh my god, they're fighting. At WrestleMania? I think what people just would want to watch it, even if they really don't know the storyline or yeah. know what's going on. I think they'd want to see these two go at it around the world. Now, you know, I think the world would uh definitely tune into that match. The world will. The wrestling fans will tune into Cody's storyline and Roman Reigns. I get it, but I think the world would be watching with the Roman Reigns rock match.
1: What was Vince speak, McMahon speak, like speak. to work for?
2: Sorry, sorry, um, s- sorry, Tom. Say that again.
0: Oh,
1: sorry, um, say that again. Um, what was Vince McMahon like to work for?
0: Um, he was, hey, he was a he's a businessman. Um, you know, he was great. Him and his family. I worked for him and the family. So it was you know Vince and, and Linda and Stephanie and Shane and so forth. And, um, it was just, uh, he gave me a great, great career, 35 years. I have, you know, no, uh, no complaints about working for the company. I had a fantastic career. Um, yeah, unfortunately I, you know, I wish I wasn't let go the way I was let go, but things happen in big companies like that. And, um, you know, he always respected me as far as doing my job and what I did in the ring. And I was respecting him and I, I never, uh, bit the hand that fed me. And, um, it, Worked for this company for 35 years. Did a lot of things for my mother, and when my dad was sick, young at a young age, when we were young ages, and you know, it paid for my mom's house off. It put food on the table, and it helped my sisters get through schooling and and so forth, and having a roof over their head. Um, I can never uh, say nothing bad about the WWE.
3: You have spent you have spent a lot of time with some great people over the years. Can you recall any pranks and who are the biggest jokers in the locker room?
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of pranks going on, especially um British Bulldog was one of them. He was uh he was one of the biggest pranksters uh in Owen Hart. And they were they were they were all pranksters. Um sometimes you'd come in a locker room and you go put your shoes on and your your shoelaces would be cut and you go to tie your shoes and you're holding them up in the air because they were cut. <laughs> um i would seen them used to cut off like men's suit jackets off the sleeve and then they'd hang it back on the wall and a guy would put his suit jacket on and put his arm through this and it'd be like where'd my sleeve go i mean it was just um sometimes guys would get like 20 pizzas delivered to the room it would be owen hart or bulldog <laughs> or so forth um and then they would get this hefty bill some guys used to put like all their food and their drinks on other people's rooms and then when the guy's checking out in the morning, he was like, I didn't have all this food and drinks, it's a thousand pounds or a thousand, you know. Um so uh yeah it would be I would say British Bulldog and Owen Hart were the big pranksters back then. You know big pranksters.
3: I hope all that pizza didn't go to
0: waste.
2: <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> sure <it> did. <laughs> Alessa John, do number twenty-six.
3: Okay. Every week on our podcast, we like our guests to ask questions to each other, so we get our guest to ask a question, but they have no idea who the question's going to be for. <laughs> this week, week's question comes from three-time Olymp- Paralympic gold medal winner David Smith, who asks, "Who is the worst singer out of your colleagues?"
0: Oh, the worst singer, huh?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Let's see. I would probably... Uh, let's see. There's quite a few bad singers, too. There were some bad singers. I'd probably say I have to say Jack Swagger. <laughs> known <laughs> as Donald Ager now.
3: <laughs> so, how bad is he? Is he like a... You, uh, I would recommend listening <laughs> listen to him sing, or... Oh, my... Oh, well, it's like he was cursed by the gods of music.
0: Yes, he was cursed by the gods of music, I mean, <laughs> oh, no. and, he loved, and he loves music. So, but I think he was cursed by the gods of music. <laughs> That's a good one. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe you know what? I remember, um, there were two of them. It was the Nasty Boys, they 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 can never really sing either back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I would just.
2: Uh, uh, Anton, go uh, on this, sir. Yeah, sorry.
3: Okay. Could you do the same, please? Can you think of a question for our next guest? But we aren't going to tell you who the guest is. The question can be anything you want.
0: Sure. Do you, oh, you want me to ask the question? Or...
3: Yes. It's the it's the thing we get our final question.
0: Oh, Our awesome.
3: second to last question, or something like that. It's always a question from a previous guest.
1: Okay. But they
3: have no idea who the next question is going to be for. Gotcha.
0: Um, I like them to tell me who's going to win WrestleMania, the title.
3: <laughs> hmm. All right.
0: <laughs> well, that's what. I would, that's what I would like to know. I want to hear it from them. <laughs> I would just
1: like to say a big thank you again to everyone who listens to our podcast. Really appreciate it. Please continue to leave reviews and pass our podcast on to your friends and family. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today, Mike. We yes, really sure. enjoyed speaking with you and it means so much for us in school to be able to
0: have the opportunity to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, very welcome and thank you Alyssa and Thomas and Adam for having me on the show I really appreciate it and thank you for uh, supporting me throughout my career and everything and God bless England, God bless the UK Much
1: appreciated
2: Okay, Tom, Alyssa, Mike has just gone, how did you How did you feel I went?
3: It was
1: amazing
2: <laughs> I was really happy with it Yeah, so what you're what are your favourite bits? What are your highlights?
3: My favourite part is when he talked about the pranks.
2: You love a good prank, that's... don't you, Alyssa?
3: Yeah. That's a lot of pizza. <laughs> really Where do you find time to get it all? <laughs> I
1: know. What about you, Tom? Mine was the story with uh, the our past guest, uh, Kurt Angle, with the glass. Because obviously... Yeah, like that didn't go according to plan. Obviously, uh, you know, Kurt didn't hear from Mike that he wasn't supposed to keep on trying to throw the opponent through the glass and then he did it anyway, so.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that was I'm starting
3: to wonder whether if he, it's either he did hear but didn't want to listen or he didn't hear, he didn't listen. Yeah, maybe. Whatever.
2: Maybe. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, both of you. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving me your time as well, because we did this in half-term in the evening due to the time difference of Mike being in America. So thank you both. You both did an incredible job. Well done. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And um, yeah, have a lovely rest of your half-term. And I will see you all soon.
1: See you soon, Adam.
0: Bye. The TWS Sports Podcast combines autism and sport. This unique podcast is hosted by children with autism and each week they interview famous sportsmen and women from around the world. The TWS Sports Podcast takes you deep into the sports star's career, their highs and lows, what happens away from the field of play, and so much more. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast apps. The TWS Sports Podcast, where autism and sports combine.